Professional baseball players count everything. You name an obscure and completely meaningless stat, and chances are it's on a website somewhere. My guest today learned that if you stumble upon a less than stellar stat, it's best not to bring it up to the player in question. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. One person who seemingly would have an interesting story to tell is Audrey Francischini. Of course, we'll have to wait until she gets out of jail to hear it. Audrey wanted to increase her followers on Instagram, so she went to where she thought she would get plenty of new followers, her local high school. She's 28 years old and attempted to blend in with the students at the school to try to pick up some new followers. She was wearing a black backpack and carried around a skateboard, because of course she did, and she walked around the hallways uh, handing out pamphlets with her Instagram account on it. School security managed to track her down when all the students went to their actual classes and she was just, you know, wandering the halls. I think once she gets out of jail, Audrey can take some pride in knowing that she was able to blend in with uh, high school students 10 years younger than her. Of course, you'd already know about Audrey's story if you had gone to KeithConradMedia.com and signed up for my free email newsletter, The News SideQuest, where every day you'll get a smattering of stories just like that one to distract you from all the COVID talk and the red team versus blue team rock throwing contest in the news. My guest today is an anchor for NBC News Radio. But most cromulent to today's story, he used to be the pre- and post-game anchor for the Atlanta Braves radio network. Mitch Evans, thanks so much for joining me. Great to be with you, Keith. Great to catch up with you. And there was a time where we worked together uh, in Atlanta. You were covering the Braves. I was producing the morning show. Yep. And uh, I I think my my favorite uh, memory of that time, and I don't know if you even remember this, but the Braves had just signed their very first Japanese pitcher. And it was like at the end of November, and I and I forget what the player was even named. But he, he was a he was a starting pitcher, and uh, and and I had said something about like the 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 Braves signed their first Japanese player right before the anniversary of Pearl Harbor because it was right at the right at the end of November, and and you ran with that and went with it on the air, and, and <laughs> that to to this day that that makes me laugh. So, <laughs> and you're talking about Kenshin Kawakami. I, I don't think he had a particularly long run with the Braves, so that that's probably why I can't uh, couldn't remember his name. But uh, that to me was the highlight of my time in Atlanta. Yeah, well, you, you're going back to 2009, and uh, I'm trying to look actually while we're talking about it. I'm just trying to see if he pitched for the Braves more than a year, and I guess he pitched two years for the Braves, 09 and, and 2010. So he was pitching. Like, I don't know, 10 years before that in Japan. And so, yeah, but that's, uh, you know, right. You were on the morning show. And I, look, I did the morning show, too. And then I also was uh, our uh, Braves pregame and postgame show host, along with, uh, with Chip Carey at that time. I guess I may have been doing a majority of it then. But, I think so. uh, yeah, it brings back uh, great memories. Actually, that was the second best moment. The best moment was uh, the the fact that the the host that we were working with and I and I didn't didn't exactly get along famously, and uh, you were the one who ended up ended up breaking the news to him that I that I was leaving, 
And, did I do uh, it in a sports cast? I, I think he did, yeah. <laughs> like that sounds he, like me. He, he did. He didn't know it, and then you're like, and then you ended your sports cast with, "Oh, and by the way, congratulations to Keith, who's who's leaving to go to Chicago." Yeah, and then his head perked up in the studio. Yes. <laughs> well, so you want me to tell you about my great moment? Uh, yes, you you had a, uh, a, a definitely a standout moment while you were covering the Braves during that era. Yeah, it did. Well, I, I tell you what, one of the highlights for me in being able to do uh, the Braves games as, as pregame and postgame host was after the games, we would do uh, the postgame in the broadcast booth behind home plate. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the great Skip Carey, the great Pete Van Weeren, uh, you know, they were doing the games and I'd get either one of those, either Skip or the professor, as we call, as we called Pete, of course, um, they would throw it to me from the end of the of the game broadcast where they do their wrap up, and then throw it to me to do the pregame. So you know, to, to, to take it from one of those guys was always uh, an honor, and I'd have to pitch myself sometimes that I was actually even doing this. But yeah. the one thing that sticks out for me, and, and you allude to it, is um, a postgame show that I had done uh, after a Braves loss and. I can't remember who it was. It was an American League team. And in the week leading up to that, you know, every uh, month as part of of us being uh, the Braves flagship station, WGSD, we would do a a Braves gathering with the fans. We'd have like a luncheon at uh, ESPN Zone or or Maggiano's. Mm -hmm. And and the Braves fans remain to this day. a great group of, of followers for this team. And, and it was no different, you know, when we're going back to 09, so we're going back, you know, uh, 12 years. But um, one of the, the luncheon that preceded the game that I'm going to talk about, uh, and you always had like a player, uh, a, a present player, maybe an ex-player and a coach or something. And you had like three or four people on a panel. I was the host and you get to interview them and, and you, go out into the audience and get uh, questions from, from fans as well for the, for the players and coaches. And, and the guest on that particular day, uh, it was a Friday, was uh, one of the Braves pitchers, Tim Hudson. Mm-hmm. And um, I had looked and doing my research to, you know, to, to come up with some good questions, original questions for, for, for these guys. I had noticed that he had never beaten an American League team while he was pitching for the Braves. He was, uh, I, I believe it was 0-13. Mm-hmm. And here was a guy who had pitched for, you know, for a while in the American League before he came over to the Braves. And I found it interesting that he had never beaten an American League team as a member of the Atlanta Braves coming into this game, and he was 0-13. And I asked him about it at the luncheon. And he seemed, you know, honestly surprised about that, that he actually didn't know that stat, that he was 0-13 against the American League. Yeah, um, yeah because, because back in uh, 2009, uh, you know, interleague play was still kind of, it, it wasn't necessarily new, but it was still something that you did like, you know, a couple series out of the year. You know, it, That's it, correct. It wasn't quite the way it is now. 
No, it's right. It, it was uh, then. It was still more of a thing. Okay, it kind of stood out a little bit, as opposed to now when I guess it's uh, you've got there's I guess there's an interleague game pretty much every day now or close to it because it's not like everyone plays the same amount. You know, one one week in June it's all interleague play, and then another yeah. week in July it's all interleague play. Now yeah. it's and, it's and more I, common, and, and I think at the time there was more like it was more like interleague week once a year, and so that's exactly that, right. That's exactly yeah. Like, like right. it's, it's, exactly it's not what talking about. It, it it was probably more coincidence than anything else. Like he was just you know playing one interleague game you know every every year, and and that's how he ended up being you know zero and thirteen or whatever. Right, but it, you know, so it was it, it was something, and and I don't even know how I found that tidbit or realized it but i thought it was interesting it's noteworthy so i brought it up and hudson was cool with it you know he goes oh i didn't realize that but you know i don't i don't know if there's a particular reason for it or you know blah 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 and um and then it was on to the next question and before you knew it the uh the, the luncheon was over and, you know, back to work, back to the regular, you know, get ready for that Braves game that night. Mm-hmm. The, the luncheon's obviously always held when they were in town and uh, Hudson pitches on that Sunday. So it's two days later and the Braves win. Huddy gets the win. And I'm in the middle of doing the postgame show and we would get uh, one of our uh, interns or assistants that would go into the Braves clubhouse and be involved in the scrum that they have there in front of a player's locker, you know, getting, getting some interviews and getting some audio that then would, we, they would bring up and then we would use it in the post game, you know, coming in and out of break or, you know, here's what Tim Hudson had to say about, uh, you know, his game today, et cetera, et cetera. And Erin um, Patel was one of our assistants mm-hmm. and, I just remember him when he got up to the uh, back upstairs to the uh, to the press box and to the broadcast booth that there was a little bit of commotion going on behind me. That that's that's where the, the the producer Jay Cook would be behind where I was, and he was elevated in the press box, like you know, like two or three steps up from where uh, I sat at the level of looking over the field, mm-hmm. and. So I just I knew there was something going on back there, but I didn't. And then while we were in a break, I was looking at Erin and I was looking at Jake, and they had smirks on their faces, like I don't know what's going on, I don't know what's coming, but some, I knew something was coming. And they played some audio coming out of a break of Tim Hudson talking about winning for the first time over an American League team. And saying something about some reporter who asked me the question the other day about it. And I swear to you, right now, just saying that, I could feel the, the goosebumps or the, the, <laughs> the, the hot feeling I felt all of a sudden rising up through my body when I realized <laughs> he's talking about me. <laughs> okay. And he's. He's telling everybody about this. And I was like, well, I don't know. Was he mad the way he said it? And 
we come back from the break and I, you know, I respond to that and I kind of start talking about, well, I guess that was about me because I was talking about this with, with Huddy at the luncheon on Friday. And uh, from behind me, Ern then hands me a baseball and says, yeah, Huddy wanted us to uh, bring this up to you. And on the ball, on a, a major league baseball, it was Tim Hudson had wrote one in 13 now, a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think that was actually the game ball. You know, he, 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 he actually got the actual game ball and gave it to you with, uh, with a nice little yeah, well, I no one ever no one ever shared that part with me, whether or not it was the actual game ball, if he had been given the game ball from finally beating an American League team. It was a huge... Uh, it was a, a, a huge occasion in Tim Hudson's career for sure. <laughs> but I mean, that, that, that wasn't the end of it though, because then afterwards it was like, well, like I said, you know, was he mad at me? And, and, you know, I, I ended up having a, I ended up calling, uh, uh, one of the Braves, uh, uh, main PR guys, Brad, I can't remember what Brad's last name was. And, um, you know, I was like, was everything cool? You know, because I, I got to talk to that guy and the rest of those guys for the rest of the season. And, I, you know, I certainly hope that there's not any kind of insurrection against, you know, Mitch Evans. And um, and he said, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I think everything's okay. But, you know, I said, well, how about I come, in, I come down to the clubhouse tomorrow before the game, you know, when you open up the, the clubhouse and, you know, you know, you know, do, you know, do like five minutes with, with Huddy. And can you set that up for me? And he, he said, yeah, sure. Oh, Brad Hangey was his name. Mm-hmm. And um, so the next day, I go into the Braves clubhouse. I mean, literally feeling like my tail is between my legs. And see, Huddy, and I've got the baseball. And I walk in and we make eye contact from across the locker room. He sees me. I see him. He's got a little smile on his face. I, I then get a grin on my face. I walk over to him. We shake hands. I say, honey, are we good? Are we okay? And he goes, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I guess why wouldn't we be? He, you know, he won up me by, by doing what he did, I guess. And, you know, I said, look, I didn't mean anything by it. You know, I'm a, I'm a stats guy and I, you know, noticed it. I wasn't trying to get under your skin or anything like that. I was just trying to, I I just found it amazing that you hadn't beaten an American league team yet. (laughs) That's all it was. And he says that, you know, you know, if you know, Tim Hudson, he's from Alabama. He's got a nice Southern draw, good old boy. And, and, and he said, no, we're cool. Everything, everything's good, Mitch. Don't worry about it. I said, so we're cool, right? He says, yeah, we're cool. I reached into my pocket break out the baseball and say to him, okay, sign it for me. And he, and he affixed his Tim Hudson signature on it. And the rest was history. We were all good. And, you know, the Braves players never gave me any, you know, uh, any crap about it. And, uh, and we moved on from there. And that ended up being the last year that uh, WGST was the Braves flagship. Certainly hope that had nothing to do with it. No, I, I think it was, uh, it was announced like, Right as I was leaving, so I think the fact that I was leaving probably had more to do with it. I think the Braves just knew it was time to leave. Yeah, I tell you though, Keith, 
and me talking about this, I recalled that feeling that I had being on the air and listening to what Tim Hudson was saying mm-hmm. and then realizing it was about me. And it was like, oh, my God, what has happened? I felt like I was running like 107 temperature at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've all been in that situation at one time or another where, you know, suddenly all eyes are on us for, for one reason yeah. or another. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, it, it, it feels like you're, you're red hot. Um, and, and so, by the way, now, it was, when every baseball season begins, Ern Patel will put out on Facebook a photo of that baseball. <laughs> it, it's 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 uh, in Facebook uh, land for perpetuity. Well, yeah, that that makes it completely immortal. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That that's uh, that's amazing, and probably one of my uh, what what are the you know one of my favorite stories from uh, my time working in Atlanta is uh, is when you when you cross paths with uh, with Tim Hudson. Yeah, I feel like I have a certain kinship with him now uh, uh, ever since then. And, and, and I spoke to him many times after that, and he, he couldn't have been cooler. And, and uh, he does a lot of great things. Uh, you know, he was doing a lot of great things, even when he was, a, a, you know, a player, uh, you know, helping people in need. And, mm-hmm. and uh, really, uh, he and his wife uh, both did and do and continue to do a great job for uh you know people who are in need so i, I give them a lot of congratulations uh, for that yeah and and i feel like uh that would have made the the braves luncheon an even bigger seller because you know <laughs> you, you, could, you could say hey c- come to the braves luncheon because you never know uh who mitch, mitch evans is gonna is gonna anger this time <laughs> yeah that might have been a good selling tool if we knew we were going to have the team for more years after that but that's true i don't know if it was at that time or not long afterwards that we found out that uh the uh the partnership was no longer going to (laughs) continue and again i wonder i wonder what role i played in that when all was said and done i hope not much uh well you know having actually i think you know i was kind of joking about it but i may have had more to do with that than we realized because i was at wgst when the braves decided they were going to leave uh you know that radio station and i was at wgn when the cubs decided they were going to leave after 90 years so maybe i am bad luck maybe it is all me it, it may be you then i didn't realize that happened with you with the cubs and, and gn so uh Boy, yeah, what, you're, you're a lucky charm, aren't you? <laughs> Apparently, I am. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story, Mitch. Thanks so much for having me, Keith, and and bringing up a great memory. If you think you can top Mitch's story, by all means, shoot me an email at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail dot com. Cabotron.